Hello and welcome to the podcast version of Let's Kill Twitter. This is the show that aims to detox your timeline with the art of conversation. Let's Kill Twitter is recorded live and on Zoom. Each week a guest joins me as we trawl through Twitter and this week it was the turn of comedian and scientist Robin Perkins. Among the tweets covered this week were a number about the Olympics including water polo, drug issues, CBD related this time, and the Grateful Dead's offer to sponsor the 1992 Lithuanian basketball team. Also under the microscope were Sajid Javid's cowering Covid tweet, the pandemic, and scientists under pressure. We hope you enjoy the show. Please do follow us at LKT Zoom. Hello world! It's seven o'clock, so the slightly earlier time this week for Let's Kill Twitter, the show that aims to detox your timeline with the art of conversation. Luckily, as you know, I don't do that alone. And joining me tonight will be comedian and scientist Robin Perkins. But before I introduce Robin, just a little bit of obligatory housekeeping. If you're watching us live, then you'll be doing that on one of YouTube, Facebook, Live or Twitch, which I kind of just saying for my own information so I don't forget. Um, you can watch the show afterwards uh, if you go to YouTube or Facebook Live. The stream will be there to, to look at. So please do that if you've missed any part of tonight's show or obviously if there's anyone else you think would like to watch the show, please do direct them there. The other obvious thing that I have to tell you is uh, to get the most out of the show, please do follow us at LKT Zoom, which is our Twitter account. Uh, during the show, if you're watching us live, you'll be able to ask questions via that or make comments or share your own favourite tweets. For the rest of the time, that's where we share clips. That's where news of the latest shows will be. And also we'll tweet uh, the cream of the crop of tweets most of the time anyway. We do we do our best to uh, to curate the best of Twitter. There's been a lot going on on Twitter this week that quite honestly, I've not been very minded to retweet, but I think we've got a sort of essence of it. And certainly Robin's tweets tonight will uh, tackle some of the sort of thornier issues. Uh, so that's very handy to get stuck into those. Let me introduce uh, Robin to you. Robin is a comedian. Um, obviously, as many of you will already know, but Robin's has worn many hats. She's been a former landscape architect working on the Rio Olympic Park, a former marine biologist, and still works with a charity called Ocean Matters. As a comedian, she had an excellent year in 2019, winning the Sydney Fringe Comedy Award, and also scoring a treasured four stars from Chortle for her Fringe show. Uh, that, of course, is the last time The Fringe was running uh, until this year. It's, it's sort of back on in some form. Um, and in June 2020, Robin started an online comedy show called Comedy for the Curious, which, as the title suggests, is a comedy show for those with curious minds. The, it's a weekly show and it's on Sundays at 8.30, so you can watch it more or less straight after this show, uh, which would be great. Please do that. And the plan is uh, for the show to go live in Hove in September. So there's a nice bit of symmetry, I'll just quickly say, with uh, LKT as well, with Let's Kill Twitter, because we started November last year and we also plan to go live. It won't be in Hove, it won't be in September, but it will be somewhere in the southeast in the autumn. So do watch out for that. And lastly, I should say about Robin that she played water polo for the UK British National League, which is not something I read every day. And I think there's quite a lot of there um, to, to be very curious about. So please welcome Robin Perkins. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi, how are you? 
I'm good. How are you? I'm okay. I'm. I, yeah, it's obviously been a bit of a rain day, which has been uh, been interesting. Um, yeah. But pretty, you know, good. I'm very energized by the show. Just reading your biography is enough <laughs> to sort of, you know, keep you on your toes. Uh, will keep me on my toes. What What's the sort of timeline of of all of those things, Robin? Take us through it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, also when you're reading, I was just thinking, wow, that you're making me sound really great. Um, that's fantastic. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I, I mean, from age five, I wanted to be a marine biologist. So I kind of did everything my whole life to do that. And everything was all science based. Uh, and then it was in my 20s that I switched professions um, and then did architecture and then landscape architecture and then moved to the UK in 2008 uh, to work for a firm out here and then worked on, I think the last thing I worked on was the Rio Olympics and that was kind of 2012, 13, 14. Hang on, that's, that's the traditional heckling uh, from Twitch that I mentioned earlier. So oh. I must get my youth, if I don't get that laptop back, I'm gonna go mad. So go on, <laughs> so working on the Olympics, what, what was your experience of doing that? Uh, so I just basically designing the park. Um, and so the bit, I, I mean, I worked on the competition and the master plan as well. And then when we won, I was focusing on, um, do you know the part of the Olympic park that, uh, almost, uh, looks, um, like a sperm it's like <laughs> with like a I, feel like, I, I feel like i should i know like say. if you google it like you you'd probably not see it but then if you see a plan of it you're like oh no that looks like a sperm um right, but i'm yeah. just making a quick note for a bit of googling <laughs> but yeah it's uh basically the main olympic park where they had uh water polo i believe swimming was there as well tennis gymnastics uh boxing wrestling uh, and the live site. And then the bit that was mine really was uh, the waterfront park. Uh, however, I don't know if they ever built to that. <laughs> Are you kidding? Or even to this day? Yeah, well, so there's several, when you do an Olympic plan, you'll have like the plan for the Olympics and then you'll have a transition time and then you have the legacy plan, which is basically what happens where you wanna be 10 years after the Olympics. Um, so oh, okay. for a lot of Olympic park designs, they're looking at like one of the, when cities go into bid for the Olympics, they want to show like how the Olympics will improve their city. So that's like, so they literally get asked the question, where do you see yourself in 10 years time? Then? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the city's like, well, <laughs> with a roof over my head, which let's be honest, halfway through the pandemic, I didn't know if that was going to be my case. So... <laughs> Well, how was how was your pandemic? Um, I was all right. It was, actually, I, I'm making it sound worse than it was. I mean, the first two weeks, um, my girlfriend keeps reminding me how much of a breakdown I was having, and I've just kind of blocked that out of my memory. Um, wow, you got that. You got out of the way really early. On. Yeah. Well, I think what happened is uh, we because I run a weekly just straight stand up night in south london and uh, we kind of put it out there and people were like yes we want to watch comedy online so within a month we started running online gigs and i think that kind of helped so, is that uh, laugh train home yeah yeah, it's got, yeah oh, that's still going that's brilliant yeah yeah 
Yeah, are, you back, um, yeah, are you back in the world doing that live now? Yeah, we didn't actually last very long online because the first couple shows we did had so many technical difficulties that we lost all of our audience. So <laughs> uh, it is, no, it was rough, um, but it's fine. Comedy for the Curious came out of that, so it's good. But we are, we've been back at um, in Clapham Junction since May 19th and are running weekly. So going strong, which is good. Good stuff, <laughs> so, yeah. Excellent. Where's, where's the venue for that? Uh, so it's called The Four Thieves. It's in Battersea in Clapham Junction, or about a five-minute walk from Clapham Junction, right on Lavender Hill. It was, actually, it has a long comedy history. So it was the first ever Jonglers. And then oh I think gosh, Highlight right. ran there, 99 ran there. Uh, and then there's no comedy for a while. And then I started running it again. Oh, that's so. really it. So you're, you're pretty busy, really. Yeah, I mean, the, the so Comedy for the Curious, which is basically every show has a different theme. And I I start every show with uh, like 15 to 20 minutes of science comedy. And then the rest of it is not as science-y. But um, because of that, when we were really doing it weekly, I was researching and writing 15 to 20 minutes every week on the subject, which was right, okay. a lot because uh, it was all these things like I have a scientific mind and I think that way, but I don't know, you know, the neuroscience behind where you get your personality from, you know, like that's just <laughs> not something that I know. So, so it was I, intense, yeah. actually for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Still looking for mine, but um, yeah, yeah no, I, <laughs> actually that does lead neatly onto, um, so one of the things on your on your Twitter bio, actually, in fact, let's show everyone uh, follow Robin. There's a ticker going across our heads, which has your uh, oh, Twitter nice. bio as well. But also, uh, obviously, makes sense to to show the crowds uh, that you can follow Robin at Robin H Perkins. Um, and on your uh, bio, um, you mentioned now. Tell me if I'm pronouncing this right. That you're a big is it a Magdala fan. Amygdala. 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 That's yes. the one. Now, I do remember, and I, obviously I want you to venture forth onto this in a, in a moment, but I do remember <laughs> watching this, uh, I think it was something on a BBC online, and it went into, I think it's the amygdala, is, is it like some kind of uh, almond-sized part of the brain, almond-shaped part of the brain that kind of determines whether you're happy or not, essentially. <laughs> so, uh, and you can see on my Twitter oh, bio, the little photo of the uh, of the almond-shaped amygdala. So the thing that I love, I love the amygdala so much. And the reason why is because it has so many roles, but it plays a huge role in your emotions. So I think the amygdala is famous for fear in your fight or flight. Uh, and so I've right. also, on a side note, have a bunch of like mugs and coasters and stickers that uh, rebrand phrases for the amygdala. So that's the image at the top of my Twitter feed actually says, you scared the amygdala out of me, <laughs> um, which is because it's responsible for fear. It's also responsible for your sex drive. So I have another one that is, uh, you are so thinking with your amygdala. Um, and is responsible for love as well. So uh, there's, I love you with all of my amygdala. But yeah, it's, the amygdala does so many things and it's like fear is a massive one, but it's also present in anxiety, happiness, um, your like your general emotions, mating selection, sex drive, um, and also taps into a bit of um, your memory of fear as well. Just to say, we've, we've lost, well, I've lost you moving, as it were. We were doing quite well. 
Oh, well, there we go. There we go. Fantastic. Brilliant. So um, I don't know that. why I, that is. I'm so I am so I confused. Yeah. This has never happened before. It's a. I feel like we should have a sign every time that happens. Like touch your left ear, and I'll just switch my camera. You need on a disclaimer. Yeah, you need a disclaimer. Set up a ticker. <laughs> you have a disclaimer running on the screen. Um, so it's got quite a lot of functions, and that is a lot to put on, which I think is relative in relative terms it's quite a small part of the brain isn't it or it is yeah. and it's um i mean in humans aren't the only ones who have amygdala uh they it's in like the like if you were to it's like in there like in the actually hold on i got a so i have a brain <laughs> actually i have a bigger brain behind me uh <laughs> it's like i think it, it, uh, it's somewhere in there it's in that part of the okay. brain uh, yeah. oh there we go you're back again back in the room um in the room. What, what i suppose so what i'm curious i'm sure that hopefully the question will be in other people's minds how do how do you is there such a way of cultivating a healthy uh amygdala you know is it the usual things exercise good food that kind of stuff yeah, there is. So, um, well, I, I'll tell you a story about what. So, when I was doing my first hour in Edinburgh, uh, that was called Ten Thousand Decisions, and I wanted to know the science of decision making. And so, I found this neuroscientist and contacted her and took her out to coffee, and basically asked her a bunch of questions. Who said that how you make a decision is made up of your prefrontal cortex and your amygdala? And so, the prefrontal cortex is like the logical part of your brain. That's like up here, the bit at like the cortex which humans have in a lot of logical thinking, and then the amygdala, which is the emotional part of your brain. And the connection between the amygdala and the prefrontal cortex is quite important. And so when you are overly anxious or not happy or stressed out, it's because you need to clarify that connection between your amygdala and your prefrontal cortex. And a good way to do that is through meditation. Okay, check. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't meditate, but I should. Oh. Um, but yeah, there's. It's a lot of times if you have a stressed out amygdala, then um, you're it, you find it more difficult to make decisions as well. So I've so been there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, he I'm hearing this loud and clear. So <laughs> uh, okay, that's good. That's good to know. It, clearing the the path to the amygdala just sounds like kind of some kind of buff buffering process, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> Which is what we sort of need with the video. We we get we are sort of getting there in in sort of mini leaps and bounds. Uh, Every so often, I'll just turn my camera off and on to reset it. Oh, that's fine. This is we're getting there. Um, so yes, that's right. Ten thousand decisions. I remember uh, talking to you about that. But and then you also did a show about dating, didn't you? Am I yes. right? Yeah. Yeah. That, Meeting so, selection. Was that that was a sort of science? The science of dating, I think, essentially, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, so the actually the whole show in and of itself was kind of an experiment um, because in Edinburgh 2018, I did a live, basically I went on a dating show that was like blind date, but live and only you could see the people. And I had such a stressful experience on that show that it then made, like led me to investigate uh, the science and the evolution of morality, um, but also the science of dating. And <laughs> the whole show basically gives you a bit of background, um, but then tells the story of what happened on that night. And at four points in time, throughout me telling you the story, I asked the audience to vote what they would do if they were in my position with the information that they had. 
And then okay. the votes are basically factored or counted live during the show. Um, and so every show is different as well. I, and that sounds like it could be quite, I mean, not to burden you with more more shows or online shows, but it sounds like it could be quite a good online show, actually. You know, I had, like, I haven't done it yet, but I probably should. I hadn't, I, I mean, I, I really should, actually, because it could be, it would actually be a lot easier to count the votes online as well, because everyone's already plugged into the internet. Um, but uh, I know, I don't know why I didn't do that online yet, but there's there's still time. I will do it. <laughs> yeah, I'll just add it, to your, add it to your list. I mean, was there anything that came out of it um, that kind of was a sort of revelatory about sort of dating, revelatory about sort of like, these are the hard and fast rules. I mean, people talk about obviously, you know, relationships very much based on values, but that's not something that you can immediately encounter in sort of three days. There's, there's, there must, there must be, some, there must be some sort of determinism going on. I mean, obviously the way apps work, it's so much about some kind of facial response, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it is, it, there's so much cognitive bias in the way that we um, experience life and images, the first image you see, the first, like, there's so much behind that. Now, I um, <clears throat> was looking more into the morality side of things. And I think the most interesting thing that came out of the research that I had done on the show was actually looking at why morality exists and also the difference between like the right thing and the moral thing to do. Um, because evolutionarily, um, <clears throat> morals evolved because humans survive better in a community. And it's the same reason why love evolved as well. It's basically human babies are high maintenance. So you can't just like give birth, stick them out into the wild and have them survive. Like they stick around for like decades before they can actually <laughs> move out. And it sounds very that, much the reverse of helicopter parenting, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. But if you look at other animals like harp seals, 12 days out of there, done. And by the so, way, we've, we've got your, your on the screen, you're now stuck in air quotes. Oh, no. Okay. Here <laughs> we go. Here okay, we go. I'm back. So, uh, <laughs> no, I'm just going to do it. No. Anyway, uh, yeah. So, um, so basically, uh, because, uh, because human babies are so hard, we want to love, uh, like, or not, not want to love. That's why love evolved is basically to keep more people around, but also you love your kid because if you didn't love your kid, you would not stick around to take care of it is yeah. simply how it works. Um, and so for the same reason of morality, the reason why we have morals is because we, and shame for that reason, actually, uh, is that we want to be accepted into a group because if you are in a community and if you're in a group, it's just frankly easier to survive um, historically. So mm. like millions of years ago. And what's interesting about that is that actually um, when it comes to doing the moral thing, it's actually not what would be the right thing, but it's what your community thinks you should do. Yeah. Okay. All right. And that is quite an interesting flip. And that relates to the show because basically what I thought the right thing for me to do on the dating show um, was not what the audience wanted me to do. And then I had a moral dilemma going, okay, well, if the point of me doing this show is to hand out flyers at the end of it so that people will come to my show then I want to do like the more if that's my survival in that community, then I need to do what the audience wants me to do, not the right thing. 
See, what's fascinating there is that you basically did that show and all that research off the back of uh, a, a sort of a not great dating experience, whereas maybe yeah. people would just go out and get pissed after that, probably. <laughs> So that's that's kudos. I mean, that is that's that's what comedians do. Honestly, I was in shock for about ten minutes. I left the gig and I was like, "What just happened?" I, exactly what you said. I was like, "I need a drink," and I just then within probably about ten minutes, I just went, "Well, that's next year's show." <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is that is the comedian's reflex, isn't it? Actually? Yeah. <laughs> That is true. Um, so just right before we just uh, get stuck in the spooks, uh, um, Comedy for the Curious, you're going to do it live in Hove. Are you are you based down in that area? Though? No, I'm in oh. London. I just uh, found a room in a in a comedy club that I really liked, and it, it seems uh, really like it could be a great ho home for it. So it's the Secret Comedy Club at Artista Cafe. So if anybody is local there, but if you're not local to there, we are maintaining weekly online at 8.30 uh, p.m. Oh, so, yes, oh, we have a, an international audience. Um, yeah, already. So that's why we we're sticking we're sticking to weekly. <laughs> I just thought I'd check because we had Simon Evans on the show last week and he actually did it from the street streets of Hope walking around when he's like somehow it worked weirdly weirdly best connection as well so I wow say that. i know meanwhile <laughs> i'm just gonna switch my video off and on again just to just to refresh if, it if in doubt <laughs> switch it on and off so uh so look you've chosen a, a clutch of tweets uh, and i picked up a couple off, off the back of those actually afterwards and i'm not quite sure where to start because uh Rightly, I think you've tucked into some, some difficult subjects because there seem to be plenty of difficult subjects around. I know. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm sort of thinking, well, actually, I'll tell you what, because something I don't think I've really been that uh, connected to yet is the Olympics. So why don't we start with the Olympics? Do you want to do these in these three individually or do you want to just do you want to do Sure. Them? Yeah, I we want. can do them individually. Um yeah, they're all kind of because they are kind of three separate um, Olympic-related tweets. Totally. So. so if you if you um, sort of read each one out, and then we'll go if that's okay, so we can get your dulcet tones on the uh, on the podcast. <laughs> Sure. Um, oh gosh. Now I, I'm worried that I'm not going to pronounce something real. All right. So <laughs> quite interesting. After the breakup of the Soviet Union, Lithuania could not afford to send its basketball team to the 1992 Olympics. The Grateful Dead offered to sponsor the team if they played in tie-dyed uniforms. They wore these shirts on the podium when taking home the bronze. Fantastic. Um, yeah. And then, uh, which, yeah. <laughs> oh, and then the well, next actually, one. Let's, oh. Yeah. Okay. Let's 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 do yeah, We'll do the one for three. Yeah. Um, athletes should be allowed to take drugs before competing in the Olympics, as long as they don't get to choose the drug. Oh. Which. <laughs> and then, um, and then you picked out. Yes. Uh, yeah. So the, yeah, I think actually, I think I might have seen what happened here, but uh, yeah, do explain. Uh, a dominant win for USA water polo in their first game at the Tokyo Olympics, uh, where they the image shows that they beat Japan twenty five to four, which for a few short hours was the highest score in a women's water polo team game. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. been surpassed already. Yeah, it has, um, I believe, oh, who was it? I think it was Spain, maybe got, to, or Australia. Somebody else got 29 goals uh, just a few hours after that. Goodness me. So have you been following it? At all? Uh, I haven't really been following it at all. 
I mean, yeah, no. Uh, so I, I was gigging in Brighton yesterday and today. So all the water polo started yesterday. Um, and so I've kind of been trying to check scores and see them where they were at. Uh, but I wanted to put in a water polo uh, tweet because I love water polo. That's it. Um, I mean, it, it is say when I did play for the British National League. Right. However, I did not play in the first division. I the best I ever made it was to the second division. So it does make me sound like I'm way better than I am. But I did play it. I'm passionate about it. And I just I yeah, it, it was exciting to to see uh, that they're still doing well, which is good. I mean, it's, it's it's fairly, you know, it's quite a niche sport in the sense. So if you're playing water polo, you can sort of be, you know, you know that you're in a sort of percentile, very small percentile of the <laughs> population. But Although, did you know that water polo was an uh, in the first, it was either the first or second modern Olympic Games. It was one of the first five sports to be in the Olympic Games, the oh, modern Olympic right. Games, obviously. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and so what's happening now? I mean, we a couple of three days into I don't know how many days we're into it, really. I don't know what it, what it, the thing is. I've totally exhausted my watching because I watched <laughs> all the Euro. I, every time there's an international football competition, I watch I try and watch every game. So by the time, so if Wimbledon's on, Wimbledon usually gets pushed to the side of the plate almost in in football years, and then anything else coming afterwards is just sort of I don't know. I'm sort of exhausted by that point. But. I just, I, I find some of the sports, I mean, if you are a football fan, I can understand how you would be exhausted. I think it's interesting, like skateboarding, it's the first year that it's in the Olympics. So that's been really exciting to, to actually see skateboarding in the Olympics as a sport. Um, I am partial to water polo because I played um, and I know uh, the club team that I played for in the UK, um, the men's team has actually a lot of guys that played on the Olympic team. And so, uh, and I am good friends with one of the uh, commentators of Olympics as well. So I have a, I have a bigger connection with them. Uh, in fact, one of the referees at the London water polo Olympics um, in a national league game gave me a red card. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you framed it. Yeah, <laughs> they don't actually give you a card. They do give you a letter, though. And it's like, you shall not play for a very long time. It's, it's um, a bit more polite. Yeah. <laughs> but how are the, so are the USA still doing, going strong in the water polo then? Yeah, they are yeah. pretty dominant in water polo. Um, is, is there for a, I can't say, so a tweet just popped up. Are you, never mind. Am I no, that's, that's, hang on. <laughs> Welcome uh, uh, to play water polo, and therefore you're a badass. Yeah, I, yeah pretty do badass. you know? I've I thank you very much, Martin. I appreciate <laughs> that. I have uh, I I broke a girl's finger once while playing water polo. Wow. Okay. Steady on. Yeah. I, mean, I am a badass. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> condoning violence in sport. I'm not. It was no. not my fault. Okay. <laughs> she. Yeah. Actually, well, actually, we mentioned violence in sport, but I know, and I'm probably a bit weird actually doing those uh, as a trio because they're so different, different parts of the Olympics. But that's a nice, so there's a nice gag here um, yes. from the account. So it's Jacob has his hat on, but what's... yeah, Jacob Hatton is is, Jacob uh, Hatton, right? is a yeah. is a comedian that I know. Uh, I just because I thought also the idea was I was scrolling through my Twitter feed and I saw it and I was like, mm, well done. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that's, uh, I, I do like, yeah, I mean, I do like that kind of, 
we had that idea of a level playing field that if athletes were all going to end up taking drugs then they should all just take drugs but obviously taking uh taking different ones that that's going to be that's quite a lot of subsections for uh yeah. for uh, potential olympic events actually <laughs> I run, yeah. the javelin may be excluded oh my gosh no uh yeah <laughs> but this is um, a this is a find i mean this one here the qi one that is that's quite a find I, i'm i don't know i'm sure that must have been out there in the world yeah, I, mean, I mean people must have was. noticed that on the rostrum you know yeah, I read that. And then I was like, is that true? So of course, I just, you know, looked it up. And uh, yeah, it was absolutely true. And then one of the uh, main players, because how it happened was that, um, so their the Lithuanian team, or that area, had amazing players. And so a lot of them were trying to be recruited to the US to play professionally. And then when they became a part of the USSR, they were not allowed out <laughs> to play. And so the they didn't actually go over. And then when they separated, became Lithuania and couldn't afford it. What happened was one of the recruiters from the States was keeping in touch with, I think, one of the coaches in Lithuania. They had messaged about it. And so then all of a sudden there's this uh, grassroots campaign to raise money for the Lithuanian team so that they could go. And then a reporter picked it up. And then the PR guy from the Grateful Dead read it. And all of them were like, we're all about freedom and getting people freedom. And then, uh, yeah, paid for them, gave a massive donation. Um, so I don't know if they were required to wear the tie-dyed uniforms. That's the only thing that I couldn't verify, but they did. Wow. <laughs> and they did I mean win bronze. And that's that's ninety two. So that was Barcelona, I think, yeah. um, a long time ago. Goodness me! But um, and it's funny that because that t shirt is is almost perfect for the time because it's so stone roses. It's like they've been it's like they've been out for a night in sort of a Manchester club or something. But yeah, that's <laughs> a, a yeah. great morsel. And and well, on the drugs one, have there been any? Um, are we are we clear of any drug scandals as far as you know at the moment? Well, there is. So I, I think I thought that that was in reference to the U.S. runner who was not allowed to go to Tokyo because she had um, THC in her system. But then uh, there have been other Olympic players that have come out going CBD is actually quite like integrated into my Olympic training program. And so there seems like there was just a lot of controversy of going, well, wait a minute, is that a double standard if one of them has CBD and that's totally fine, but THC is not okay because we're all working off of a cannabis plant. Um, and also that also the soccer player, Megan Rapinoe, I believe is how you, R Rapino, sorry. Um, uh, yeah, I'm yeah, horrible yeah, at sorry, names. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. actually going to get banned off Twitter for mispronouncing her name. Um, was the one who was saying that CBD is actually uh, quite integrated into their training. So there was a lot of, it seemed like a double standard. A lot of people um, were saying that it was because she was black as well and that it was a race thing and that all of a sudden there's a double standard between thc and cbd so i think that is where that tweet comes from oh, I see. yeah okay gosh all right so quite a i mean a, a a funny tweet but also in reference to a very serious topic yeah yeah no totally i i did yeah i wondered because i mean the olympics is sort of littered with with uh you know, doping and, and drugs sort of uh, shenanigans. Um, but I didn't realise. And this is almost like one for the, I mean, CBD just sort of brings it really up to date, I suppose. 
yeah um, that it's going to be a problematic area or gray area i suppose it know. is and I, it's one of those um i mean like you're also sitting there going thc is not like on one hand you're going that's actually not gonna that's no and pot was never considered a drug enhancing performance enhancing drug right you know what yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. smokes a joint and is like you know what i want to do run a marathon um it's just it's yeah. not one of those and so i think uh there needs to be more clarification but also to the point where so many areas in the states have marijuana like are legal but also recreationally legal so then at that point in time where is the line drawn and and is that whole thing just a bunch of crap and racist so i mean yeah i mean well i mean the thing is you've got to you know there must be there's got to be a sort of list drawn up of of what you can and what you can't have but um i mean where and how does that is it is it in terms of how it breaks down in in sort of in the body in terms of how that might be different is it different on a case-by-case basis or can you not just be prescriptive and say look this you know this is this is banned and this isn't yeah i mean it's because i mean there's nothing if you look at the chemical reactions of thc in your brain so it's um it basically locks into your endocannabinoid system and so it affects uh, THC affects about a ton of different areas of the brain, but they are all of the effects that it has are not performance enhancing. And so there are obviously there are obviously like a lot of medical benefits to it in terms mm. of pain relief. Um, there's a lot of benefits with Parkinson's and glaucoma, um, but most of if you are not seeking medical treatment, a lot of it has to do with reducing anxiety um, and <laughs> reduces motivation. Um, I mean, if anything, <laughs> Olympic athletes who have THC in their system should be applauded. Um, <laughs> for... Yeah, it's almost like a handicapping golf or something like yeah, that. Exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I'm glad we delved into that. I mean, I tried to take those as a bit of a triple jump of tweets, but they are, they're so individual, aren't they? Um, they are, I will say, really I gave close. you way more tweets uh, that I probably should have. And oh, I wow. think it's because my amygdala is a bit stressed out right now and I'm <laughs> having decision-making issues. Oh, uh, no, so. it's fine. You absolutely <laughs> did it within the guidelines. You did it within okay. the ISC guidelines. <laughs> I'm just, so I'm just thinking one thing that we probably can do um, as a kind of hop, skip and a jump is the um, the COVID situation. Oh, God, honestly, this oh, just driving me totally nuts the grandstanding on this i mean you know is is sometimes it makes twitter unreadable in terms of uh yeah. you know what people are saying and, and sometimes that comes from from all sides but so in this case the sort of the fuel to the fire is sajid javid's um tweet so he's he's saying full recovery from covid a week after testing positive symptoms were very mild Thanks to amazing vaccines. Please, if you haven't yet, get your jab as we learn to live with rather than cower from this virus. Uh, so he has now subsequently backtracked and, and apologised from this, but not not without getting um, some stick, as you might imagine, on this. Um, do you want me to, shall I carry on reading these? Or do you want to read these? Or I don't mind. Um, I, I, it's up to you, whatever, uh, well, whatever you think. 
Well, let's ra- well let's let's oh there we go uh, let's rattle through. I was just so, refreshing, just doing a little buffer. Just, yeah, I'll let you refresh <laughs> while I read it. So Yvette Cooper quote tweeted Shazi Javid to say 129,000 people who died didn't cower; they fought for their lives. Frontline workers didn't cower; they kept calm and carried on. Millions in lockdown didn't cower; they followed your rules and made sacrifices for others. Glad you've recovered, but please never treat illness as a weakness. Um, and then uh, Paul Sinner, uh, you picked up Paul Sinner's tweet on this as well. Uh, I've decided I'm not going to cower from Parkinson's. Uh, that will show it. So I think essentially what we've got here is this: re- the, the the tone seemed to go way back into the kind of um, sort of almost World War II territory that we had at the beginning of this uh, pandemic. And I think uh, it was one of the things that, Emily Maitlis did in her Newsnight intro, which was subsequently sort of censured for being a little bit uh, uh, unbalanced, which, uh, you know, that's an arguable case. But the, the point I'm making is that there, there was a there was a kind of mentality at the beginning that, you know, we'll we'll fight it on the beaches, which actually was probably the best way to, to avoid it was to go to the beaches. But um, <laughs> yeah, and here we are. We're in this sort of, you know, enough sort of cultural classic with all of this, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, it's, um, I, I mean, one of the <clears throat> things that's probably where the show got its title from and where you guys are coming from, but the, on, on one hand, it is, uh, I, I'm, I'm sure there wasn't a malicious intent behind the tweet, the original tweet. Yeah. Um, however, it's one of those things where, um, every word that you put on, especially the more present you are and the more, um, prolific, I would say more famous you are, the more people that follow you on Twitter, the more careful you need to use about your words. And again, I'm sure it wasn't a, it didn't come from a malicious point of view, but then you're going at the same time, the, the notion of Yvette's tweet of going glad you've recovered but don't treat an illness as a weakness i think that's a very important point um because a lot of times we are especially and i know COVID is not a mental health issue but there is like a lot of looking down on people with illnesses and uh, as weaknesses and that's not well certainly long way we're looking at it I mean, long COVID definitely has seems to have a mental health. Um, yes. Yeah. You know, side to it. Oh, they go yeah. hand in hand. I'm just. Yeah. <laughs> I was just saying. Uh, Strictly speaking, COVID yeah. is a real virus. It's not. Yes. It's a. It is a physical. Like you can. It's a. I'm gonna see. I'm doing it myself. Uh, it's a physical virus, is what I'm yeah. saying. Actually, that's 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 important. You know, that is an important um, thing to say because the there was a edition of Newsnight. I think it seems like I think it was last week. And um, it seems like one of the most sort of interesting pieces of television I'd seen in in a while. It had two, well, it had one sociologist on it, which I think was a Professor Dingwall, and then there's a Professor Baker from New Zealand. And essentially they were talking about long COVID. And Mm. what the Dingwall guy was saying that, you know, we can maintain this sort of policy that we're now following because, you know, we think long COVID is possibly a, an accumulation of various other things that are going on with people during this pandemic. And it's, mm. I don't he didn't exactly say it was psychosomatic, but he, he certainly didn't put the emphasis on it. The guy from New Zealand was basically saying, um, listen, uh, we wouldn't treat 
we, we wouldn't do this sort of herd immunity by the back door thing that you're doing. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to do it differently. We're not going to take any chances. Um, and then Mark Urban, who was presenting that night, turned to the guy, the, the British guy, and sort of said, oh, you know, I hope you're right. It was a very telling moment. The contrast between the two approaches couldn't be sort of, uh, you know, more different, you know. Yeah. I mean, it, it's um, mental health is a, is a very serious issue that's gone alongside COVID and not just long COVID as well, but just I think because humans um, are so quick to adapt and we are, that is the only reason why we are where we are and how we've evolved so quickly and can have the technology to have this conversation. But because of our adaptability, we, after a month of being in lockdown, all of a sudden this became the new normal and you just start functioning without thinking about it, but also not really taking into account all of the things that have drastically changed in our life. Um, and looking at, happiness as well because that's what the topic that we did for comedy for the curious last week was happiness and um one of the number one determinants in your in in happiness um which is eudaimonic happiness is related to mental health as well but it's about connections with people and it's about relationships with people and so if you are cutting off those relationships with people it is going to affect your mental health and that is a very real thing and i don't know if you it like that just goes along with covid so yeah uh yeah yeah no totally i mean i think it's, it's, it's obviously it's opened up into so many different uh we've had to think about so many things it's interesting how the whole brexit scenario we almost had to become kind of lawyers by the back door uh, to sort of keep up with it almost and now you know we've had a pandemic and because of social media you know people have been um sort of schooled in in thing in in decisions and and quandaries that you know that perhaps otherwise wouldn't necessarily have have uh, confronted before i mean not necessarily in a good way either because twitter is you know like any social media prone to sort of some uh you know if it's disinformation or some highly accented information should we say i mean one of the things i picked up after you chose those tweets was um um saying what's martin saying here it's very hard to experience debilitating fatigue, muscle aches and brain fog without there being a cost mentally. Yes, it's anyone with ME slash CFS could tell you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's um, so when you pick those tweets, out, I just um, I had a quick look at. Uh, just well, to, I mean, there I will also say in response to what Martin said as well, let's 100 uh, percent. There is so much overlap between um, like there are so many real physiological effects of so it, I think a lot of times we separate out like a Emmy, like Emmy having its physical, uh, I'd say symptoms um, and experiencing mass fatigue and then the mental health side of it. But there's so much overlap because there's so much physiological effects um, to having mental health or struggling with mental health. So it is, I, I think they're, it's one in the same. It is the same. Yeah, it's the same. Sorry, I just wanted to. It's acknowledged uh, that, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, and one of the things she said as, as well about, um, you know, Sergeant Javid's tweet was that, you know, he didn't think it was any malice. Now, he has, he has apologised, but as ever, there's always, uh, you know, the apology hasn't necessarily been uh, well-received in all areas. So the Brexit, uh, sort of Femi, sort of well-known for his sort of anti-Brexit campaigning and a, and a regular across 
a number of TV shows. Yes, Jeremy Vine. Let's mention it again because I watch Jeremy Vine every day, and it's now become a theme of the show that I have to. I confess <laughs> that I just don't know why. Just, but you know, he's 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 sort of criticised this, uh, you know, the bravado of the initial tweet. Um, and then Catherine Russell, who's a, an actress, I believe, is she's come back and uh, and sort of said, look. I think it's important to accept apologies, otherwise you make it very difficult for anyone to ev ever admit they were wrong. But you don't get that kind of, um, mm. you don't really get that kind of forgiveness on Twitter, it has to be said. But I do, I, I do like that people point it out. I mean, he, Tavji Javid's had criticism in other areas for actually making the apology in the first place that should be sticking to his guns, say some people, but. But I think if you look at his apologies, if you uh, scroll up a bit, mm. sorry. Um, yeah, it was, I I think his apology kind of explains the way that I can imagine he meant the text to sound. I don't think he was, I, I, like, and maybe I'm being too optimistic or giving him too much credit. <laughs> but I think, like, I, 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 going back on it, reading that apology, going, yeah, I can understand how you tried to express gratitude towards the vaccines and going, all right, let's it, it, trying to basically go, guys, let's get the vaccine. Come on, like vaccine, let's vaccines are good. And I, uh, and I do, it was obviously a poor word choice, but um, again, I reading that apology, I would again, reiterate the fact that I don't think it was said maliciously. And I just think he just didn't think it through. Yeah. But but I mean, I, I mean, in, in all of this tone, tone has been everything really, hasn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, then that's a big issue when you're t on Twitter <laughs> is trying to, there's so many ways you can interpret tone through text, um, which is, which is hard. I, I text people this stuff all the time and they just <laughs> do not take it the way that I should. <laughs> yeah, well, do you use emojis on top of that to sort of try and I do. I do yeah. try to. Um, I mean, to be honest, it's actually why I don't tweet as much as I should, because I I think a lot of being an American living in the UK as well, there is a huge cultural difference between the language of Americans and Brits. And it's not something that is expected because we speak English. <laughs> so it's like a it so a lot of times tone can be taken the wrong way and yep and my yeah. my good british friends are like that the ones that know me are like yep that's just robin being british <laughs> or being american that's fine and then sometimes i have to like actually <laughs> either get my british girlfriend to proofread my texts for me or <laughs> social <laughs> media consultant of, and it. partner yeah i know especially when i'm in admin mode it's awful if i'm just like you this date and people are like hello robin how are you <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know. I mean, I do like, I'm quite a fan of cutting to the chase myself, but people do love that finesse occasionally, don't they? They're like, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so, and you also chose one, um, another sort of uh, obviously COVID related from the, the parody Boris Johnson account. Mm. Uh, so, I don't know why people object to self isolating. I'm quite enjoying myself, hashtag Freedom Day, and then yep. a picker, 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 a picture of checkers. <laughs> Which, I mean, and obviously this is in reference to both Freedom Day, but also... The um, pandemic. Yeah, well, yes, and uh, and whether or not uh, Boris and Rishi were going to isolate as part of this 
the the scheme of like that they are no longer chosen randomly selected to be a part of um just basically all of this yeah, get out boiled into one <laughs> yeah oh god i'd almost forgotten about that one yeah um yeah. that i think that happened just before the uh, the Cummings interview as well, which I, I tweeted so much about that. I'm not going to subject people to this time around, I don't think. But yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, the, and the, the pandemic as well has obviously brought its sort of truckload of uh, logistical problems with it. Um, it's uh, certainly not out of the woods. <laughs> no. Out of the woods, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so let's just uh, quickly mention, uh, let's try to think. I had, uh, where is Ian's tweet? Ian Moore. So Ian Moore, a stand-up comedian that performs over here but lives in France. I believe he's got a book out as well. I like this one. I picked this quick tip for anyone going on an anti-vax march today and looking to kick off. Uh, <laughs> avoid being recognised on CCTV by wearing a mask. Uh, so there's a handy tip for Ian for next, presumably next Saturday when loads of people will actually uh, protest about getting what they want. Uh, well, more or less. Obviously, vaccine passports has given this whole thing a new life, so... You know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's... all I'm saying is Central London's very busy. <laughs> yep, I know, I know. This is, uh, <laughs> hey, I, I was in Hove last night, so I didn't have to deal with it. <laughs> oh yeah, it was last night, Saturday. I'm losing the 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 thread of the week. So, um, <laughs> right, I, it's time for me to be totally <laughs> schooled now. I need to know what what's going on it's completely over to you for this one i'm not even going to attempt to read it out uh i figured i would i would chuck in a, a science one just uh for fun during cell division two sets of chromosomes are separated one set goes to each daughter cell unless intracellular forces are out of whack then one daughter cell can get both sets and the other nothing the mother cell clearly has a favorite um which so in <laughs> yeah it, it it's do you want me to explain meiosis to you? Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> what's the layman's explanation? <laughs> Basically, in cell reproduction, you have a 26 uh, you have your 23 chromosomes uh or 46 like they like the chromosomes, right? And so <laughs> that's my that's my impersonation of a chromosome. Yeah, they're like little X's. Anyway, so they replicate um, and then separate so that each cell will have the same number of chromosomes unless you're in meiosis at which point it's a haploid but so i it's not clear if they were talking about mitosis or meiosis in here which i feel like you're looking at the, the judging by the look on your face you don't care so i don't know i'm just thinking <laughs> i'm just thinking how much this looks like a graphic equalizer stuck in a virus is a kind amazing of, yeah, amazing yeah. all right basically <laughs> when cells reproduce they basically duplicate their uh their genetic code and then split it up Right. So it so that each cell has equal amounts of right. So if there's like if you need five chromosomes to live, if you just split up five chromosomes, you'd have two and a half in each cell. So instead you have five chromosomes, they become 10 and then they split and each cell has five. Okay. Right. All right. With me. Right. But humans have 26, but the max is easier with five. 23, not 26, 46, 23. Don't worry. Anyway, the point is, <laughs> uh, so they should each go into the separate cells. So you can see the, like the purple thing, uh, going to each one. And then all of a sudden it goes crazy and all the purple goes into one cell. And that means the other one has no genetic code. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. I've got you. There wasn't there, um, for some reason I'm reminded of this, 
chromosome dance song and i can't remember if it's a comedians or whether it's some kind of kids science program or something but there is there is some lyric stuck in my head about ta taking your partner by the hand but it's a chroma it's actually sort of like a a song about chromosomes basically oh, i i so. don't know it i need to look it up <laughs> anyway if that's you know if that's uh who knows that might trigger someone's memory so there we go. That's that's the science. That's the science part, as they used to say in yeah. the L'Oreal ad. I... <laughs> um, <laughs> although I say that, but um, you also picked out. So I mean, obviously, um, I do, I'm looking at my tweets that I selected. They are all a lot darker and more serious than I thought. <laughs> they are quite. Yeah. No. <laughs> Sorry about well, that. Should have just stuck with the Lithuanian basketball team. Called it a day. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, we did get we got the light relief in right at the beginning, actually. I just thought we'd sort of ease us into the to this. Yeah. Um, but I think this was now I'm assuming that this, yeah, this is a kind of very deliberate um couple. So Brian Kahn, who is the editor of um Earth 3R, Eartha, sorry, Eartha, obviously, which I haven't, I'm gonna follow it now, so I'm gonna get educated. Um, so I can nerd out on that. Um, he has, has picked up on the, uh, well, I think I saw this at the time when the, this fire was going on um, and the Gulf of Mexico, the oil spill that was so saturated that I don't know how long it burned for, but it was a long time. Yeah. Uh, the ocean is on fire is one of those things that you can't, that you can type and it's true and yet it doesn't feel believable. But you've, but the, pick, the tweet that you've picked up below, is that sort of, to, oh, hang on, above, I should say, is that sort of deliberately deliberately related to this or, yeah, or it, yeah yes right. it is it was kind of a, a reference uh of i mean that's that's kind of like an overall reference of like we're ignoring a lot of science right now yeah maybe we shouldn't <laughs> but what's the, the right so one of the problems with that is, is that has probably been you know is, is the kind of it's the pandemic isn't it really in the yeah. sense that uh, it, it, despite this, the success of the vaccine in terms of how quickly it was developed and all the rest of it, it's not, you know, people aren't sort of standing, well, people are applauding it, but then you've got, as the demonstration on Saturday showed, um, this kind of crazy uh, call the cops literally backlash to, well, I mean, in this one particular case, it was healthcare conflating what to do with healthcare workers with sort of you know nazi nuremberg trials i mean it's just time to go home when that sort of thing happens but that's uh, it's not just it's you know the 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 antipathy directed towards you know chris witty and all the rest of it it's it, it's not an easy time for scientists despite the fact that they're also completely in the spotlight yeah i mean it's um it's tough because with the internet out there there's so much um and the way that Google search engines work. It is so easy to put misinformation out there, wrong information, and then on top of that, if you are, the second you start clicking on some of the misinformation, if that is what you are drawn to, then the Google search engines will reinforce that. And it's mm. very much a rabbit hole, um, which is tough because there's, a lot of times people are quoting sources that aren't real. And if you try to look them up, like it's, and because of that, it is very hard, I think, to distinguish the difference between something that is real and something that is fake. Yeah. And that's unfortunate because there's no 
government. It's not like you have a leader of the world who can stand up and go, okay, here's the thing. This thing, true. This thing, not true. This thing, true. Because because people are, I mean, that is, oh, that, that wouldn't work. That would be a, a well, dictatorship, I would say, but at the same time when it's information. But in terms of the vaccines, I know people are going, well, how did we develop that so quickly? It's because of demand, but also we've done vaccines before. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's looking at the logic of going, well, how could you possibly make a vaccine that quickly? Well, the first time you make eggs or an omelet, it's going to take you a lot longer than the 200th time yeah, that you've made it still never done it you know <laughs> you know like it's um it's so also the entire world got involved in this one mm. you know there's a lot of brains going in there so i mean it's um i don't know i guess i'm just passionate about i think misinformation is a is a much bigger issue and it seems very hard to fight especially with the internet. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, as you sort of hinted at earlier, the whole point about setting up Let's Kill Tits was to kind of, it was sort of to take the edge off it as well. I mean, let's, you know, there's, there's a, it's very double-edged in the sense of Let's Kill Twitter wasn't, some people have been attracted to it by the idea of like, yeah, let's, let's kind of get rid of it. <laughs> and actually it is very negative in many ways. And I've found it quite very negative over the last two weeks, but there is, uh, there isn't a sort of an addiction to it and uh, you know it comes from the, cap the capacity it has for reinforcing positive messages or or for things which are si silly and joyous i mean i should give it a, a little example um i'm so uh, sorry uh, i should have put in a lot more happy tweets i mean uh, <laughs> <laughs> i well, really listen, messed I, you know, this up <laughs> i don't know I, I mean i like getting stuck into the sort of uh, you know no not at all I mean I well there was one uh, well actually I just there's a couple of um well I've listened I'll let me go with the I just love this as a, as a sort of uh what do you call it as a visual uh and no it's no context there's so many no context accounts going on no context women football and it's just <laughs> this uh, just lovely scene <laughs> of this one of the women taking a you know swig from the water bottle and having to be reversed that's friendship oh and nan thank you martin oh, <laughs> nan 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 bed so stuart anthony yeah to, um i mean it is amazing that the nan bed obviously there's the right is that actually is that actually no it's, i think it's fluffy it's lovely fluffy okay. spotted material that okay because uh, i was like i love that well, you know well snack in bed you know like it's a bit it's a bit moorish i mean I, I don't know whether you'd stay you'd be able to get to sleep really in terms of uh oh know. but the amount of carbs after like by the time you got down to like your That's collarbone true. i feel like that would be enough that you'd go you know straight to sleep <laughs> yeah i guess so although you, you'd certainly wake up with some kind of sugary headache i would imagine but you know. yeah it's true um i it's <laughs> true Oh, and um, actually, honourable men uh, mentioned to Joshuella just got a text from a friend about their birthday week celebrations. A week of celebrations. This person is turning thirty-three. We must protest this attack on our freedom. <laughs> and it is. I mean, actually, I mean, I suppose perhaps I understand it more post-pandemic. But when you were, even before we sort of entered into this, it, I remember people sort of celebrations just seemed to be sort of. You know, it was all about going abroad, wasn't it? Apparently, it's all about going abroad and going on sort of big sort of weekends to sort of, uh, you know, Budapest or wherever it was. 
Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I, I, um, uh, I have a bit of a, I turned 40 this year and I had a birthday week. I think, <laughs> totally I think you're allowed. <laughs> I think it's 40. I think you're allowed. I know. I was trying to be responsible. So I had like a bunch of small parties in my garden and not a single big one. Yeah. That's a cunning plan actually. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Birthdays during the year pandemic era birthdays so anyway listen we managed to get through all of the tweets which is brilliant um very pleased about that um and you are obviously going to be dashing off to do uh, comedy for the curious what well, who's on tonight because people watching this can obviously go almost straight on because it's on a half face isn't it Yes, it is. Um, so we'll be opening the Zoom room in about 10, 15 minutes. But you can, uh, we actually, today is all about accents and we have Jen Brister and Greg Faulkner on. So uh, it's going to be an excellent, excellent show. Um, you can, it's Comedy for the Curious. Um, if you go, our Twitter is comedy underscore curious. And I believe oh, yeah. our link tree is in our profile, although I am just checking right now. Uh, that it is. Oh, well, no, there is a there ticket link on comedy underscore curious. So if you want to come, you can get uh, tickets to either watch the show in the Zoom or on YouTube. Um, if you're in the Zoom, you get to anonymously take part in the game at the end. Uh, but we also understand some people prefer YouTube where they are not heard. <laughs> <laughs> where, where they can be anonymous. See, but you don't have heard. to have your video or camera on, I should say that. But some they, yeah we've started streaming to youtube as well because some people just prefer youtube yeah that's just the way it is that is the, yeah. it's the way it is yeah. so and then obviously um love train home is now is back up and running as well so yeah busy yes. every wednesday at the four thieves in in battersea and we are actually um i am monthly at the honor oak pub as well uh oh, which okay. is southeast london but the um Jacob Hatton, the one who did the drug heat uh, tweet. Um, yeah, that's us. We are, he also is running a new material night every Thursday that I am not there. So, so essentially every Thursday we'll have Laugh Train Home at the Honor Oak Pub in Forest Hill slash Fantastic. Honor Oak slash Catford slash oh. Southeast London. So, yeah. And did you say was, um, oh no, that's right. Cause you're going to do the online presence for comedy for the curious is going to stay after you go live. Yes. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah, we are, we're every, yeah, we're going to stay online, but we will be live uh, monthly in Hove uh, the third Thursday of the month. So. Good stuff. Yeah. So that's brilliant. Um, so we've, yeah, we've finished on time as well. Uh, we, I think we've run out of luck with uh, you, you frozen in a very uh, glasses. Oh. Uh, it's one of my favorite posts either that or, or that <laughs> basically i sometimes practice my my frozen's quite a lot the portions of the show i look like i've frozen but i'm just sort of listening intently but ah, really hard yeah. to tell the difference am i i'm back on frozen now right yeah yeah you are you totally okay. are um so that's brilliant well i will just i'll just wrap up for the streamers if you uh, uh stay behind robbie just for a couple of seconds and i can just say yep. goodbye um so that's the end of our show, folks. Thank you so much for watching. Obviously, please let people know that you can watch it again. Um, the live show obviously has gone out, but you can watch it again on YouTube and Facebook Live. Please watch it on YouTube and follow and subscribe to us. Please do follow us at LKT Zoom. I have news of uh, the next shows. Uh, so next Sunday, I can tell you that we will be running again eight till nine, and that will be with Dominic Frisbee. And I shall put out notifications for that. We will have clips from this show 
coming out as soon as possible and I will put it on as a um, podcast as well very soon. Um, so yeah, um, it's been great. We really look forward to seeing you again. So uh, all that remains to do is wave goodbye to the streamers. Cheers, folks. Bye. Take care. Bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to the show. Please do check out the other podcasts in the series. If you go to our website, www.letskilltwitter.com, you'll find all our previous shows listed and you can find links to the YouTube versions as well as audio files. If you'd like to support our work, you can do via buymeacoffee.com. If you go to their website, you'll find a Let's Kill Twitter page set up for donations. But anything you can do is much appreciated. A like, a follow, a recommendation to a friend, it all counts. Once again, thanks for listening. We hope to be in your ears again very soon.